From Gary Bennett to Paul Baker and Warren Hawke to Evan Horwood, we've got it covered. In today's episode, we're going to look back on uh, two games against Port Vale and uh, Bolton Wanderers, preview United's last chance saloon clashes against Harrogate Town and Cheltenham Town, as well as a, a news update and a roundup of what X Blues have been getting up to, and a sort of a look down as well at the, the running as well and what other teams around us uh, have got coming up as well. I'm joined in this episode by one of my co hosts, it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You enjoy that selection of players at the start? Yeah, is that a link? No, there isn't. No. I literally, I literally just picked... I, I was, yeah, I was I was trying to work out some sort of north-east link. I think the, the, they were all in and around north-east clubs at you're one not, point. You're not wrong, actually. They're all lads from the north-east, actually, when yeah. I think about it, yeah. yeah. Well, Gary Bennett's from Manchester originally, isn't he? Yeah, but he's probably most famous for being at uh, Sunderland. He's indeed. He was a good player in there, wasn't he? He was one of those players. He, he came in because he, he came in late in the season, didn't he? I think about November or something like that. And he, yeah, yeah. if he'd been uh, there from the start, we probably would have stayed up that season. Similar to his uh, namesake this season, Reese. Indeed, indeed. Very good points. Um, all right, well, let's get straight into it because there's quite a bit to cover today, isn't there? Um, funny enough, bit to cover, but one of the uh, game reviews is going to be very, very short. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> there's not much to cover there. Um, so let's start with uh, contract extensions so in the news section, sorry, that is. Um, so yeah, uh, four of the squad members have had their contracts extended. Um, the one-year trigger options that are in most of our players' contracts these days. Um, so four of the particularly younger lads, actually, have had their deals extended. They are 20-year-old left-back Jack Armour, 24-year-old mid- midfielder Joe Riley, 19-year-old midfielder Taylor Charters, and 20-year-old midfielder Josh Dixon. Um, and the club have also confirmed there will be further news on some of the other players who've got trigger options, that kind of thing, uh, very soon. Uh, thoughts on this news, Dan? I, I have to say, my initial reaction is I'm, I'm pleased. I mean, I, I expected Armour and Riley. I think that was just a, a no-brainer with those two. But I, I part of me, back of my head, think, oh, I wonder if the club are just going to let Charters and Dixon, and Dixon especially, go. But give them some credit. It looks like we're actually trying to develop a couple of players there, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I think, as you said, no complaints with Armour and Riley. Uh, Armour especially, you know, he, I know when he signed, he sort of he expected to be second choice, but uh, in recent weeks, he's made the left-back position his own, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, just looking up at how many games he's played, he's now made 20 appearances in the league, which is pretty good going. Yeah, considering he was, like I said, effectively brought in as a sort of a young player to develop, he's he's done pretty well when he's come in. Yeah, he's quite similar to, I know when uh, Mellish signed for last season, I can remember he, he gave a similar interview saying, you know, it's, I'm making a bit of a step up. If I make 15 appearances, I'll be chuffed sort of thing. So, mm. very similar to that. And uh, Riley, you know, considering he's 24-year-old, he'd literally played about a dozen games of football before. Yeah. 
he's, this season, and he's four times that he's pretty much played, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, 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 I've just got it up here on uh, soccer pace. He's forty-three appearances in total, and mm. nearly all of them as starting. Yeah. So he's uh, he's he's and he's, he's deservedly so. And uh, the other two charters, I think. I think we had to with Charters as a player there. He's had yeah. a couple of good appearances this season. Mm-hmm. And I think I think with Dixon, I think they've really, really given him time, haven't they? Yeah. And but I would also argue it's probably last chance saloon next season. Well it is it is, of course it's got to be. It's one of those ones you look and if he's maybe not quite ready to start next season, do you maybe send him out on loan somewhere for half a season? I mean I know you've mentioned Annan before, but I think he needs to be at a higher level than Annan. I'd look maybe at a conference club potentially get him there and get him playing some games possibly. Yeah, as long as we could be guaranteed he got the football. Yeah, yeah, true. very true. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's. I think they've done the right thing with this. It, with Riley, the only question you'd maybe ask is maybe they could have offered him an extended deal. But I wonder if that's one to discuss over the summer, basically. Yeah, just get him tied down. I, I think with a lot of the players who were on two years or one year with one year option, I think we could see sort of coming up to Christmas time next season, we'll start yeah. seeing new deals for one or two. Yeah, you'd think so. And I think obviously we mentioned um, looking at the rest of the squad, there's, there's, there's players who are, you know, not tied down for next season. We're going to get into that in the match review stuff, aren't we? I think we've got a little section in there to talk about that, but um, it be interesting to see what they do with those. Uh, other contract news, um, in terms of the second year YTSs, so um, United have announced their decision on the second year YTS players. Uh, and although they're, they're doing really well again in their league this season, I mean, they're second place, I think, at the moment, and looking nailed on for a, a top three finish by the looks of things. Uh, only one player, other than obviously Lewis Bell, got a deal at the start of the season, a two-year deal with an option, because he's a player they really, really do think very highly of. Um, only one player's got a deal. Uh, Keelan Leslie is <laughs> an attacking playmaker and a set-piece specialist. He's been offered a six-month deal with an option. Um I'm not convinced he's going to sign that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's one of those ones, isn't it? It's uh, I don't know. I, I, I think he might, but straight away, you're looking at who he's up against in the squad. You're probably looking at Mellish, Charters and Dixon. Yeah. That, that's, so, the, that's the problem as well. We've got, we got so many midfield players and we'll, again, we'll get onto those contract situations later. But yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? But I, I, I'm not sure quite see the point of a six month deal. I think we've done that with players in the past and they've usually just ended up leaving at Christmas. It's, it's yeah, never yeah, working out. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of those ones that, that they must see a player in there possibly, but um, it does maybe suggest that it's it's the first year YTS that have done really, really well this season. Yeah, possibly. I was just going to mention, uh, I know there's just been a story came out on the website about the new batch of first years. Yeah. But uh, in that article, there was a mention of a couple of this season's first years have been sort of the prominent, you know, the obvious one is young Sam Fishburn, who yeah. seems to score for fun. In fact, they've already sort of earmarked the fact that he might sort of do a bit with the first team next season anyway. So. They might do like a Gary Medea move him and get, get him tied down at the start of next yeah, season. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, so, similar to Lewis Bell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Um, other bit of news, uh, new shirt sponsor announced. So um, obviously with the collapse of Edinburgh Woolmill, in the last few months, um, United have been looking for a new shirt sponsor and they found one. It's a local company, Thomas Graham. Um, the industrial supplies firm, they've been a long-term supporter of the club and they'll appear on next season's kits, which again will be made by Aria. 
Um, good bit of news this is, Dan, isn't it, to get someone tied down? And I, I have to say, I'm, this is a personal opinion sort of thing. I'm glad it's not a betting company we've got because you see so many of them around clubs now. And, and if, there's been some interesting articles about them on The Athletic, if you haven't seen them. And some of these Chinese and Far Eastern gambling firms, not not the best businesses to get in bed with, are they? No, no. Uh, part well, part of that was it wasn't really mentioned this as part of it, but uh, we've signed another two-year deal with uh, Aria. Mm. Uh, mm. Even though it's the second time we've used them, Mister Holdsworth, when he said it was our <laughs> first time, it was only twenty that. years ago. Yeah, going to keep saying that. Do, do your history, please. Yeah, <laughs> well, because uh, Jeff Jackson's put a load of uh, highlights up from round about that time as well. Yeah, yeah. See them. Yeah. yeah, but no, uh, Thomas Graham, and you know the the well known as supporters of the club, and I, I think I think by the sounds of it, it was a bit of a last minute thing because they normally finalise the following season kit around December January, and yeah, that I, was sort of, that's when EWM sort of finally went, you know, belly up. So yeah, it's one of those ones, isn't it? And but no, yeah. no, good good to have a local firm. It's always nice to have a local yeah. firm. Yeah, it, definitely. And the one the one slight concern. This is a very Sort of technical way of looking at it is their logo's got quite a bit of blue in it. So I, I, what I don't want, I don't like hate. One thing I hate is shirt sponsors where they have a big white box on the front with the sponsors logo in. So have a think I, about that, guys. It, 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 it would be nice if they made the blue into white, if you know what I mean. So it was a white sponsor on the blue shirt. Yeah, it's similar what Adam Watermill did, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've thought of those sort of things. Yeah, indeed. Right, uh, let's look at the match review section then. Um, so we're looking back at two games we just played. Uh, no no goals for the Blues in either of these games. Uh, first game finished Cal United nil, Port Vale nil. Second game, Bolton Wanderers won, Cal United nil. Um, so the six, six game unbeaten run has come to an end this week. But I mean, more importantly, it's now four games without a win. And I think hopes of a playoff place sort of disappearing over the horizon, aren't they, Dan? Well, it's very, very typical Carlisle United, this, because I've just got the league table in front of me. Mm-hmm. And look, sort of jumping the gun a bit, but looking forward to the weekend, Harrogate, you would ex- sort of expect us as this is one of our games we would win. Yeah. And in true Carlisle style, I could see us winning it to keep us in the mix, but just that little bit not quite close enough. Yeah. But still be a chance because yeah. it's Carlisle United and it's what we do. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, so yeah, let, let's have a look at the games now. Then um, Port Vale. Sh- should we just just leave it there and <laughs> just move on? God Almighty! It's a yeah, dreadful, it's a dreadful <laughs> it was, game of football. It was it? terrible, wasn't it? It really was. And there's not much that it was a clean sheet. And yeah. uh, I, know, I know you've got a little stat on Paul Farman yeah. associated with that. Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a tough one, wasn't it? I think they made a point on Radio Cymru about the fact that it was a very dry and bobbly pitch. And I'm not usually one for excusable pitches, but I have to agree. And this is not a criticism of Dave Mitchell. I'm sure he's desperate for the end of the season so he can get that that pitch right back into the shape it's always usually been in. But it, it wasn't easy for either side, was it? No. And... Uh, Portville were quite big at the back, weren't they? And well, very well organised. You can see, what yeah, they were organised, yeah, and they, they comfortably dealt with what we offered. Likewise, we did with what they offered. You know, yeah. I mean, we we were quite fine at the back. Uh, 
yeah, it was just not much to really say, is it? No, I've never, Sean Brisley was not the defender I remember playing for Cully United. I tell you that much. He was uh, uh, he's excellent, wasn't he? Sean, Sean Brisley is one of them who's in my file of players I like that just didn't do it for us, you know, because yeah. I'd watched him a few times before he came here. When he signed, I was like, that's a pretty good signing, that. And yeah. it, it just barred his wonderful volley that day. It's just never really happened for him when he was at Carlisle. Yeah. So. He, he was brought, like I said in last week's episode, he was brought in as a ball-playing centre-back for us to play alongside Michael Reigns and give us a bit of quality back there. And he never looked the same. But whereas for Port Vale, he just got rid of everything. He just dealt with it, didn't he? Him yeah, and, I mean, yeah. Leon Legg's a brilliant player this level. He always has been, hasn't he? And he dealt with everything at the back. Um, one point I did actually pick out from this is the last three games before the Bolton game, we played against teams that played a back three. And we just struggled to make inroads a little bit in those games. I mean, Newport, we made a few more, but they still looked... You know, we didn't probably do enough to really deserve to win that game. Is that something maybe we need to look at for next season, how we deal with I, a team like that? I think when you're coming up against a back three, your lone striker can be isolated very, very quickly. Mm. Because obviously you're two wide men, the full backs can come back. And it just leaves plenty of bodies in the middle. So, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to try two up front in that sort of game. Yeah, I think maybe just mix it up a little bit. Yeah, possibly. you know, put put Zanzala with Alessandra just off him, and yeah. you know, even bring Scott for a chance on if one of them isn't producing. Mm. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the only other point to pick out from this game, like you mentioned there before, Dan, uh, another clean sheet. So Paul Farman now has fourteen for the season, and that draws him level with Jack Bonham in the twenty seventeen eighteen season and Adam Collin in the twenty ten eleven season. He now needs just one more to be our best. Goalkeeper performance since Kieran Westwood picked up eighteen clean sheets in oh seven oh eight. I mean, if you get four clean sheets for the last four games, <laughs> or last few games even, but yeah, there you go. We can we can dream. We can but dream, can't we? Yes. Um, so yeah, let's let's leave that one well behind. Really, no, I mean, I, I, I sat down before and when I was doing this running order, and I genuinely I was trying to think what chances do we actually have in this game, and I genuinely could not recall a single one. I was really, really struggling. I mean, when you look at the stats, I mean, we had 13 shots, apparently. And two runs, I go. I just genuinely could not remember them. I'm just baffled by it, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah, diff- difficult one. Um, so, yeah, let's go on to the Bolton game. Um, it looked like it was going to get away from us early on this game, but it actually ended up being a lot closer than we first fought. And second half, I mean, this... The, the possession stats at half-time were wildly in Bolton's favour. By the end, they were pretty much closed in to be equal. It shows you just how much we dominated the second half, but probably a bit unlucky not to get a point from this game. Yeah, uh, we, we probably finished uh, a little bit stronger, but as has so often been the case, especially away from home, we just we just don't have that cutting edge. Yeah, we're wasteful, aren't we? Yeah, when... Against a team of sort of Bolton's quality, mm. you do need you need do need to take those moments. Yeah. Uh, we had chances, you know. I mean, early when they scored, there was an argument. It was a slight offside. You know, it was hard, it was hard Borderline. to tell. It, yeah, isn't it? I think I think if you're talking VAR lines, it possibly would have been. Mm. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, Bolton. I mean, they look a. A very tidy side in the ball. You can see the whole, you know, Barcelona nonsense that ever always ever people bang on about. They they do try and keep the ball and try to play it a little bit. 
played some nice stuff, but Farman didn't have that many saves to make when you think about it, did he? Especially second half. It was it was pretty much all us. And that Santos at the back, the one they bang on about being the best defender in League One and League Two, he still looks shaky when you get at him, doesn't he? There's a couple of times we robbed him of the ball. So it's one of those ones. And second best in the first half we were, but we did have a couple of times when we got in. And for me, Amari Patrick was very wasteful in a couple of situations. And they're the big things for me that he needs to improve on as a player. Yeah, I mean, I know we've discussed this uh, before we recorded. All of our wide players have been guilty of this at points. Yeah. You know, Patrick, Coyote, Toure, they're annoyingly inconsistent, I mm. think would be the, the fair way to yeah. describe it. Yeah, definitely. They're typical of League Two sort of wide men at the moment in that for every good game, you get a couple of bad ones, which is yeah. why they're at this level at the moment. Yeah, but definitely. uh no, but it, it it also brings up more interesting points that I know we're discussing later when we talk about contracts and that, but mm. yeah. No, yeah. it's it's just one of them annoying. I mean I think given the run that Bolton have been on, not many fans truly expected a win uh, on Tuesday night, but I don't think at the same time Bolton would have complained if we'd managed to nab the draw. Yeah, I think they would have probably the way we battered them second half, and they they might might not complain too much if it was just a point. Um, an early blow in this game, there wasn't a Rod McDonald went off an injury. I have to say, actually, one thing I did pick out from the Port Vale game, Rod McDonald was excellent in that game. Considering yes, you know yes, he's, had a, yeah. he's had some tough game, one tough game recently, but every other game I think he's played recently, he's been looked excellent. And it was a big blow when he got injured. Uh, it was about nine minutes in, wasn't it? Something like that, I think. And Nick Anderson comes in, and you've mentioned it before. EC's left centre-back potentially is his long-term position. And he had a really good game there. He, he looks like a player, potentially, if he's still with us next season, he could be a really good player in that position, possibly as an extra option. Yeah, uh, well, we've said it about both Anderton and Armour. Armour more due to his size, to be honest. But, yeah. you know, it's it, it's good that we do have players that can. I mean, we've shown early in the season when Hayden had to cover it right back for a couple of games. You know, when when you've got defenders who can play across the line, it's it, it is quite a handy thing to have, isn't it? We can't afford to have two players to cover every position, can we? We just just because of the, you know the budgets and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We have to have players who are going to fill several positions. And Anderton looks like I mean, Anderton's very good in the air. It's something actually goes a little bit underrated. He's very strong aerially, so he could play centre back there, and he's good on the ball. So you know, it it, it, it potentially is a long term option for us playing him there. And he's at a good age too, as well. So. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't mind seeing him play then. I thought he did cope really well actually against a player like Owen Doyle, who yeah, yeah, bar the goal, didn't have a didn't do a huge amount, did he? I've just pulled up uh, Nick Anderton's profile on transfer mark to get his height. He's marked down as six foot two, which that's quite big for a left back. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a big strong lad, and, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, I do wonder maybe if he's potentially that's something that. <laughs> Obviously, if McDonald, it looks like McDonald's probably going to miss the weekend. You'd think it, you don't go down early in a game like that with an injury where no one really touched him. It's just the way yeah. he landed down on, on his foot. One flip side, though, if you one one going back to the Port Vale game, we said there's nothing to talk about. Uh, Reese Bennett was out doing a bit of work on he was, the pitch, yeah. and I think Chris Beach had a little update on him and Morgan Feeney during the week. Mm. Where he seemed to suggest that Bennett was a little bit ahead of Feeney, who's who is also out on grass, but not quite, maybe a week behind type thing. Probably get his and, debut on the last day. We'll see this. Yeah, I, I do wonder if it, Bennett could possibly maybe be back for Saturday. 
possibly. A full full week of training in him, maybe a little injection or something. Yeah, maybe see how it goes. But to be honest, I wouldn't want to risk him picking up a longer term injury. I mean, no, I no, no, he's no. He's out of contract anyway. So I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the medical team will get the final say. Yeah, um, I mentioned this already, obviously, but we, we do need to sort how wasteful we are with chances we create for next season. I think that that's one area that really Beach can focus on, isn't it, over the summer to make sure we're more efficient in that sense. Um, good to see Josh Coyote back starting a game. Um, got his Rotherham contract extended, didn't he, the other day? And rumours about bigger clubs sniffing around. I wonder if that agent talked to to get that new deal. Yeah, um, possibly. He's not going to be back with us next season, probably, is he? I think even even if we're I in would League be surprised. One, even if we go to League One, I think they'd probably want to send him somewhere else to well, test himself. There's a chance Rotherham might be in League One themselves yet. So yes, exactly. You know, that. Um, I would imagine if they did go down, they would want him to play. Yeah. So I mean, he's a good he's a, he's a good player, Coyote. There's no doubt about that. But I was discussing this with a mate the other day. I don't know what he excels in. He's good, very good air, really. That's one thing I would say. He wins a lot in the air, although. Direction-wise, does he always get it to a player? I don't know. But that could be just our players not being clever enough to make the runs. He's got a good long throw in him. But I mean, he's not exceptionally pacey. He's not got bags of skill to get past the player. And his finishing's not top-notch, you'd say. I know he's played out wide a lot for us this season. But even when he's played centrally, he's not done that brilliantly in terms of finishing. I think there's a very good player in there. I, just, I do wonder where his final position will be. I often watch him and think he reminds me of a more mobile Derek Holmes. Yeah. And I think, I know it's not what we play. Yeah. It would be interesting to see him in a two besides, say, Zanzala. Hmm. You know, I think, you know, especially with his his aerial strength, knock-ons, knock-downs, you know, headers, you know, from crosses. But it's, we're very, we are very much 4-3-3, so. Yeah. Stuck rigidly to that, haven't we? Um, yeah, let's talk about... We don't really want to talk about referees too much, but a couple of bits at the end of this game were just bizarre, <laughs> yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. What was he playing? I mean, ball comes to the box and Gilks goes down with an injury. Now, I know a lot of people say he's play-acting, but actually when you watch he land, he doesn't really wait long to, to suddenly say he's injured. I think he might have done something there, possibly. Obviously, he's got to give the drop ball, and we were in possession about five, ten yards outside the Bolton area. One, he doesn't get the Bolton players to stand back far enough. And then he panics. And instead of dropping the ball, he rolls the ball back, which means that Guy's not expecting that. And suddenly he has to sort of go back and try and hook the ball into the area. And he's stopped by the first man, basically, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But then when we do finally get the ball back and get it into the area, a long ball forward, it comes down and it lands on a player's arm. Well, I don't say it lands on a player. The player's arm's up and he hits a player's arm. And he gave nothing. <laughs> Completely ignored it. And then yeah, the final whistle goes. It's... Very strange, very strange. Very odd behaviour, but I think he panicked a bit when he gave the drop ball, wasn't he? Because he thought, I'm pretty much gifting them a free kick here. So but there you go. Um, one other point I want to pick specifically from this game. Um, obviously, Joe Riley went off after he just picked up a booking for basically kicking a player as he was getting away from him. Um, Dean Furman came on. Bit of a dilemma here now. I know you're a big fan of Dean Furman, Don. Yeah. Right? Is he a bit of a luxury to have in this squad for us. I know he's out of contract in the season, so there's probably a bit of discussion whether he would want to stay and whether we'd want to keep him. But what I've noticed is when he comes on, we do tend to play better football. And I think we actually were a bit clever with the way we played when he came on. He got the ball down and tried to spray it out wide and make us play a little bit. 
But how how do you fit him into the team? Because whenever he comes on, you lose another element. You lose... I mean, he doesn't come off a Mellish very often, but you'd lose Mellish's driving into the area because he looked a threat in the game against Bolton. Actually, he's the one who looked like he was going to score for us out of anyone. With Joe Riley, you you lose that energy chasing players around and winning the ball back and driving forward with the ball. With Callum Guy, obviously you lose that player who sits and can spray it about a bit. I know Thurman can do elements of all that. It's a question how you'd fit him into the team. It's a tough one, isn't it? Do you maybe play Guy and... Thurman is two sitting players and then have Riley or Melly sort of bombing forward it's a tough one I, well as you say I, I am a, a Thurman fan I think mm. he brings a lot to us and I think he's I think he's one of them players who actually has a touch that belongs at a higher level mm. because when you watch some of the balls he makes they're pretty good balls but yeah. occasionally one or two of our players are maybe half a step behind and so don't look as good yeah. I, I one one thing I will say with Thurman as well. Several players have given interviews about the squad and the the camaraderie. Nearly every one of them has mentioned Dean Thurman mm. and said what a brilliant fella he really is. Yeah. I think I think he's gen, genuinely one of the good guys in football. Yeah. You know, he he won't complain. He comes in, he's a model professional. And especially with some of the younger players, I've seen it mentioned two or three times that he's really good with them, you know, Mm. advice, sits with them, gives them advice, listens to them, you know. And I think that's a great thing to have in and around the squad. And I I would personally like to see him get another year. Mm. We'll get on to contracts in a minute, actually. We'll cover that in a second. Um, So, yeah, that's the Bolton game pretty much covered off. Uh, Just a few general sort of points. Um, we sort of story touching this, but do you think the season's over now or not? It, it, it's a fun. Maybe maybe it's one to look at in the the match preview stuff because we can look at who the teams around us are playing. Possibly maybe to look at it Lee, there. Lee, Lee, Lee. Yeah, I know. How many Carl, times do you Carl have Carl to United. be told this is Carlisle United Football Club? I know, I know. Yes, uh, it's going to go down to the last day, isn't it? For God's yes. sake. Um, but there you go. Um, one thing I would say: would staying down maybe be a good thing for us? I'm sort of looking ahead here and thinking if we did go up, I think there'd be need to be a lot of rebuilding and potential recruitment to get us up to the standard of being a League One team. I'd look at whether you should stay down another season, not should, but whether you did stay down another season and then you keep the core of the good players you've got and then build and add that extra bit of quality. Cheltenham Town's a perfect example. Lost in the playoffs last season, didn't they? And um, I think a lot, was it Northampton that beat them? quite comfortably as well, I think, in one of the games. Um, and you look at the way they've recruited over the summer and built a good squad, and they've been right up there for the whole season. We'll see that in the match preview bit. Would that be a better way for us to do it? Well, this sort of ties in with what we were going to go on next about the yeah. uh, the contracts. I'm just looking at the list we've got here on our script, and we've got the nucleus of our team stroke squad already under contract for next season. Yeah. Uh, look at the keepers. Norman's contracted. I'd be amazed if Farman doesn't get offered a second year. I think he should get a two-year deal. To be honest, he's well, shown he, himself yeah, good enough. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. shown he's good enough. He's been yeah. excellent, really. I think, in fact, I'd argue he's probably been one of the most underrated players this season. He genuinely has been really that good. I've heard a few people complain he doesn't come for his crosses. I think he's all right with the crosses. He punches when he has to. I can't think of many where he's dropped the ball and opposition have scored or he's not really claimed it. I think he's worth two years, definitely. Yeah. 
And when you look at uh, the defenders, we, we know that Tanner and Armour are already contracted. Yeah. And given the way that Armour's developed, you would look at them two as being your first choice fullbacks next season. Mm, potentially, yeah. Uh, Rod McDonald has another year because he was a two year deal. Yeah. And then I think we. Interesting, you say he's a two year deal. I, wouldn't, I do wonder with that one. His wage is probably not going to be as big as some other players. I think he maybe took the security of the extra year yeah, yeah. with a lower wage, whereas other players who've got the option probably took a bigger wage but backed themselves to have the option triggered for another season. That's the way generally you find these contracts work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, then we come to decisions. I mean, Hayden has an option. I'd be very surprised if A, we either obviously implement it. It's going to be triggered, isn't it? Or B, offer him another deal, as in two years. I think him and Callum Guy are the two I reckon they're doing that with. Yeah, because we we know that they've been watched by higher clubs. I mean, Hayden, definitely. Championship. Championship championship clubs, solid championship clubs as well. And clubs that are pushing for a place in the championship in the league one. Yeah, at least yeah, one so, from that level. So you know, we we, we won't name them because we you know we 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 pick some things up that we're not meant to know and that. But solid, solid clubs have been looking at those two mainly. Uh, scouts have talked about them. So yeah, I mean, like you say, they've both got the one year option. But it wouldn't be a surprise if we try we try to make it two year deals so that we increase their value. Uh, defensively, Anderton. He's well, he's captain officially, so I'd I'd be surprised if he doesn't get an offer. Yeah, I, I, you'd imagine maybe it's one of those ones where maybe we'll say to him, "Look, we'll maybe look to develop you as a centre back as well." Knowing that Arm has done so well, yeah, yeah. So you'll have the option of playing both positions possibly. So yeah, then then we've got a couple the uh, decisions about them. You know, Feeney, un- unfortunately for Feeney, he would probably have been playing games now. Yeah. But uh, he got injured in training. And Bennett, I think Bennett will go because I think he'll be able to get more somewhere. Yeah, I do wonder if the injury might have put a bit of a dent in that move for him because as well, his form had dropped off a little bit before that too. Yeah, so. true, true. Although you do wonder if he, he was one of the players affected by COVID yeah. potentially. So yeah, yeah, you never know. But but yeah, with Feeney, it's a tough one because <sighs> there's clearly a very good player there. Oh, yeah. People are going to say, oh, it's injury prone. But to be fair, the injury picked up was a... With a broken bone, and that's not like you know players constantly getting muscle pulls, is it? That yeah, kind of knee problem. A, so. a, a fit Morgan Feeney would not be at Calais United. No, exactly. I think he's he's I worth. Think, I think he's worth a gamble of one year with an option type thing. Yeah, definitely. And then you've you know got a nucleus of a good young squad, and if Bennett does go, then you've got some money sat there. Um, yeah, yeah. To go. So, uh, the young lads, uh, Lightfoot, Wilson, and Barnes, they've they've not featured. It's it's been hard for them because obviously they were connected to Kendall, so they could get game time with uh, non-league wrapping up due to COVID. I think it's just, I'd be very surprised if uh, they got up, they got anything. I, I think they're gone to be honest. I think it's probably yeah. really oh, the, the five first year pros uh, are not going to get. Extended deals, I don't think. Um, no, I'd be very surprised. Obviously, the other two being Charlie Birch and Jamie Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, push maybe Armstrong because he's broken f- foot. Yeah, he's, he's been prob- out a while, yeah. Probably not, I'd imagine. No, um, no. Uh, the, the, the bit that's interesting is midfield because nearly all our midfielders <laughs> are already under contract now. Yeah. 
Uh, Mellish is end of next season with an option. Uh, Dickinson and Devine were 2022. Yeah. Uh, Riley Charters and Dixon have all been extended. And as we've just said, Guy, we've got an option. But mm. again, we wouldn't be surprised if he was offered a new deal full stop. So the only one Which, there is it leaves Furman, doesn't it? Now Furman, and we've just said that Birch is part of the young ones he'll go. We would mm. think. Um, the, the thing with Furman is potentially, yeah, you would keep him. You think he's a good, useful player, and he and he fits in well. But it depends. If you, if you sign if you sign him up, you've you've not got much wiggle room to bring anyone else in, have you? That's the problem. Yeah, it, it, it also depends. If he's happy with his role. Yeah. Because, yes, I've said he's not the sort of player to complain and kick off. But he's 32 but now. <laughs> is he thinking, I want to play a little bit more? He's 32 years old. Yeah. He's not going to want to be sitting on the bench another season, is he? Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. But on the, fl- on the flip side, he's still playing for South Africa. I know he didn't go last mm. time due to the red zone issues. but Although, since then, the South Africa coach has been sacked, I think who was one of his old coaches, I think, in, yeah, in South Africa, yeah. said maybe that link won't be there anymore. He might not be considered. True, possibly. true. Possibly. Uh, attackers. Attackers. <laughs> yeah, it's the complete opposite of the midfield because the only attacking player who's contracted officially is Lewis Bell, who's got two years plus one year option. And as we mentioned earlier, he's, he's well thought of and... You know, he's probably having his... and We know he was badly affected by COVID. Yeah. So this season's been a bit of a write-off for him, but uh, mm. a good summer, keeping fit and come back raring. And, yeah. you know, that, that could be one of our wide positions sorted. But yeah. when we look at the rest of them, if you'd asked about Zanzala in the end of February, there'd have been a collection to get him the first train <laughs> ticket out of town. When now, you ask about Zenzala now, the collections again sign up. Yeah, you, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be unhappy if he got offered a deal. Uh, Chedwin Scott, it's been a bit hard for him, especially with the lack of lack of reserve, reserve games. games. That's the key thing, yeah. I think he's probably worth a year. You know, a it's not going to be a year. massive wage, is he? No, think? no, no. He's a local lad as well. You know, he only lives out mm. sort of between Holtwistle and Hex somewhere. I, mean, I, I hope if I, I should say if our Playoff hopes do disappear in the next couple of games. He gets and a run out. He gets a yeah. run out in those two last yeah. two games, yeah. just to see how yeah. he does. Especially if Zanzala's carrying a niggle. And you're not, and like I said, you're not, not going to have Coyote next season. So no, no, let's see no. how this lad does. That's the yeah. last one I don't. Which uh, we've got uh, Alessandra, and he was a one-year option. Hmm. Uh, I think he's probably done enough. Yeah, because it, plus he's, he's like the senior man up front sort of thing. Mm. But it wouldn't be a surprise if he maybe came off the bench a bit more next season. Yeah, possibly. You know, depending on what happens. Yeah. And then then we come to sort of the enigmas, you know. Mm. Gimme Toure and Omari Patrick, who are both will have options, but we've not heard anything yet. It's, oh. I think Omari Patrick is a lot more consistent than the two. And I think when he's on a good run, he really goes on a, a sort of longer good run and then he maybe yeah, fades yeah. off a bit. It's been a tough season for everyone. I think he could be one of those players who was affected by COVID as well. And yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating that when he was just hitting his real peak form, the the, the break ha- happened for us, didn't it? He yeah, had a game yeah. against Walsall, he was excellent. And then, bam, we lost all those games. I think I'd extend Patrick. Oh, Torre, I, I think there's a play in there, but I just don't, I think, 
it's tough because I think we do need to freshen things up up there. So you can't so, give them all deals. That's the problem. There's no point giving the likes of Lewis Bell a two-year deal if you're then not going to play him because two days ahead of him. Yeah. It's and tough. If, it, I, if he's as well mm. thought of as we know, he's got to start playing games. Yeah. Bell, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think I probably would extend Toure. And I really like that. I think he's... A, he could be a real asset to another team. I could see him going somewhere else and being excellent. Yeah. I think it would probably help him as well to go somewhere during non-COVID times when he's able to mix it. Yeah, and we, like I, know, I know he had his little thing where he was a bit homesick over Christmas and that. Yeah, it'd be good one for, I think for him once though that's died down. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one I probably wouldn't extend. And that's not because I don't think he's a good player. I just think a fresh start would actually do him a lot of good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it for the uh, review stuff, Dan. Um Cover quite a bit there, actually, in the end. It yeah, didn't cover yeah, much of the Port Vale game, but, you know, that, that's the way it is. <laughs> didn't, no, definitely not. Definitely not. OK, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a minute, and we'll be discussing the Harrogate and Cheltenham games. We'll be back soon. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. Hello, everyone. We're back for part two now. We're going to look ahead to uh, the last double header of games of the season, isn't it, Dan? It, was it 11 weeks we've done of this? Yeah, it's been some it's run, hasn't it? astonishing, isn't it? You know what? As annoying as it is that we're just not quite in that playoff pack at the moment, I think fair play to the players for actually recovering during this really tough run and actually getting us even within just a little bit of contact of it. I think it's, it's it's been an incredible effort, I've got to say that. We haven't got an opposition podcast on uh, for this week. I just haven't had the time to sort it out. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do one for the Orient game next week because we've we've chatted with the lads from the uh, the Lowdown podcast about four or five times this season, haven't we? Because of the, yeah, the various yeah. games being called off. So we'll have another good crack with them. What, what could be basically a game that decides which one of us is still in contention with playoff place on the true, last day, couldn't true. it? The way it's going. Um, and we'll we'll obviously do one on the last day with Walsall as well if we can get one of their podcasts to join in. Um, so yeah, the Harrogate game, like I said, it's a game that really we've got to be targeting three points from, haven't we, Dan? Yeah, yeah. If 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 we're to hang on the court tails, this is a must win because when you look at the fixtures, uh, there's big fixtures at the weekend, you know. But, Newport play Exeter. That's seven versus eight. Yeah, well, you know. Should we have a look at those in a minute? And what we'll do? Yeah, just, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of look at Harrogate and Cheltenham first, and then we'll we'll, we'll go through the. Uh, yeah. Because what I've done is I put a, put together a table for yes, you to look through scrolling down. Yes. All the fixtures. So um, so yeah, Harrogate. Um, I think it's fair to say that they're probably happy with their first season in the EFL because they're going to be in it next season again. Yeah, job um, job done, isn't it? Job done for them. Good first half season. Kept them out of trouble. Kept them safe. Pretty poor second half of the season, but as I've mentioned, the thing they haven't got the biggest squad. I know it, it, it looks bigger, but they've had some long term injuries and had to bring in players on loan to sort of cover that. Um, and I think they've probably done well to just keep themselves away from trouble, haven't they? And I think that their manager Simon Weaver will probably looking and think, right, I know what I need to do for next season now to to strengthen the squad. You'd think that's where they're looking, at, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they'll be happy. They've got themselves sort of established in the league. They've probably shown that they would have won the National League uh, last season if the season was played to an end. <coughs> that's, <laughs> not dig- that. That, that's not a dig at any other club, particularly. <laughs> um, Barrow. Yeah. But, to be fair, uh, to be fair Barrow lost a few key players as well in their running, so that's, you know, let's yeah, be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at their recent results, um, they've not been playing too well. 
No, no. Um, big one for them, though, was a 2-1 win over Bradford recently. You're obviously chasing for the playoffs like us and really put a dent in Barrow, um, sorry, Bradford's playoff hopes, didn't it? Yeah, uh, if well, if Bradford had won that game, they'd have been above us. So, mm. yeah. yeah, Bradford will have been disappointed with that one. But just to sort of show how spectacularly inconsistent Harrogate are, they then got hammered uh, 3-0 off Oldham. I mean, Oldham are very Jekyll and Hyde this season. They, they either Old, absolutely batter well, teams or they get battered, look, don't they? <laughs> look, look who the manager is. Yeah. Well, I mean, for most of the season, though, they've just been crazy. I mean, they've, they've scored seventh. They've got the best goal record in the division but they've also got the best defence I mean you don't see that very often do you yeah it's yeah. crazy that isn't it um, yeah so, I mean look at, looking at Harrogate's squad as well just looking through their last lineup. there's not a lot of football league experience in there is there really when you look in fact two of the most experienced players in terms of football league games for them are John Stead and probably Mark Beck yeah. actually which yeah. is crazy when you think about yeah. it they, they, they've actually stayed quite loyal to the, the players that came mm. came up with them and uh, I think you'll, you'll probably see a natural sort of you know movement of one or two of them will probably drop out a little bit and they'll you know they'll start to bring in a couple of experienced heads to try and sort of push on and establish them a little bit more yeah, I think I'm, in terms of the danger men in their squad, I mean, I, I found it tough actually because there's not, like I said, there's no real standout quality players. But I mean, Jack Muldoon's the obvious one that's needs, but I think he's their top scorer this season. He's had a really good first season in the Football League. Um, Josh McPake, obviously on loan from Rangers, and George Thompson, a uh, decent midfielder who's had a, a good first season as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, I think that pretty much covers Harrogate. Not much to say about head-to-heads, is there? We played them once and we've lost. <laughs> Eventually, when we did play them, yeah, on our third trip to the uh, Weatherby Road, as it was, um, different sort of proposition, isn't it? On Tuesday night, Cheltenham Town, gotta say, what an impressive season they've had, haven't they? I mean, just in terms of consistency, arguably the most consistent team in the division, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, we we did think that they might struggle this season a little bit, yeah. didn't we? You know, because you know, we did wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, no, they've been they've been excellent, so. And you they're, compare, they're fully deserve to be in the top three, don't they? Yeah, when well you compare it with Cambridge, Cambridge dropped off massively mid-season and they've done really well to get themselves back up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. When you look at Cheltenham stats, I was looking at this beforehand, I mean, they've been, they've not been outside the top six since match day four and they've been in the top three since match day 26. So, you know, pushing on 15 games now, 15, 16 games they've been in the top three. Yeah, they're going up. Basically, whatever happens, there's no way they're getting overhauled by Bolton and Markham, are they? Really, realistically, no. no. Um, in terms of their squad, I mean, they're really well put together squad, isn't it? When you look at it, good, solid league two performance, but a little bit of quality sprinkled in. You know, Ben Toes is an excellent centre back. Liam Circum, quality midfielder. You know, he was at Bristol. Yeah. Bristol. City Al- 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 Alfie, Alfie May is always one that stands out, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And Andy Williams as well scores for fun. Um, uh, say scores for fun actually when you look at it they've not really got a big score in the squad have they Andy Williams no, is the top I'm, score of eight yeah goals. there's 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 an eight a six a six an eight and then three threes and fours you know so they're, they're quite similar to us in 96-97 hmm. where it was you know it was spread around the team a bit 
They rely a lot on the set pieces as well, don't they? Corners, but especially long throws. I mean, we think Coyote's got one of the best long throws in the division. I think he's just eclipsed by Ben Tozer, isn't he? Yeah. Centre yeah. back, he was at Newcastle in his early days, I think. Uh, Northampton and Swindon as well. I mean, he's a, he's a big lad anyway, but he just launches the ball in the box. And yeah, yeah. He's their top assistant with eight assists <laughs> as yeah. a centre back, which tells you a lot, doesn't it, really? And But they're, they're effective. Um, Michael Duff's done a superb job in his first full management role. And You'd imagine there'll be bigger clubs sniff around because he's also been in Burnley's academy, hasn't he, I think, for a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a good player. Um, worth noting, they could potentially be in a position to score promotion in this game. So I think this is the make-or-break fixture for us. Yeah. Because it's one of the ones, you look at it. I would expect us to win, win on Saturday and then this, because they're, they're going for the title. Yeah. So they'll want to win. Yeah. You'd imagine... A point minimum is what we need from this. We can't can't lose it, basically. Ten points is the minimum we have to get for the rest of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. When you look at it. Ideally 12, but have to wait and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's going to be a tough test. The second best defence in the division as well. Only 36 conceded. Salt I've, I've, I've just looked there. Cheltenham have got three of the last four at home. So, yeah. you know, they'll be looking at them thinking yeah. three wins. Big chance, big chances, up. isn't it? Yeah. Big chances, isn't it? Well, before we do United team news, let's have a look then at the um, the remaining fixtures for the remaining clubs. So I've done a little table here for us, Dan. Um, when I look through them, I mean, looking at our fixtures first, we've got Harrogate at home, they're 17th. Cheltenham away, you're second. And then you've got Orient away, 10th. And Walsall at home, 19th. Not a bad set of fixtures to actually have, are they, really, when you look at it? No, apart from Cheltenham, obviously. Cheltenham's obviously the tough one, but if you... If, you know what, winnable. That winnable. If if we really want to go up, then yeah, you'd have to win a game. Like if we can't win a game like that, then we don't deserve to be in the playoffs, do we? The the problem we've got is Leighton Orient of a game less. Yeah. But they're 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 away at South End this yeah. weekend, and you would expect them to win that, wouldn't you? You'd think so. Although it's it, it's last chance saloon for South End. They yeah, have true. to win, don't they? Yeah, so yeah. Local yeah. derby as well. That game, isn't it? I think the yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a, a localish game, but yeah. you would expect Orient to win that. You would uh, yeah. also Salford are at home to Mansfield, who petered out a little bit now. Mansfield, haven't they? Yeah, they've. I mean, they just wanted to get to the end of the season and re- yeah, just refresh their squad completely. They, 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 they will be. Uh, they will be. They all they always have a big turnover anyway. Yeah. They've, they've drawn a lot of matches recently, mm-hmm. haven't they? Nigel Clough will be just sitting there waiting for the uh, yeah. for the Burton Albion released list to come out so he can pick <laughs> yeah. up what players yeah. he wants there uh, <clears throat> next season. But like like I'm, uh, I touched on earlier, the big game is Newport Exeter. Yeah, this weekend definitely seven v eight. Huge. I mean, a draw Newport, there is what you want, isn't it? If if Newport win, they're pretty much potentially sealing up the playoffs. Mm. Daft yeah. as it sounds, an, an Exeter win wouldn't be the worst result. No, it's Exeter because win or a draw, really, isn't it? Exeter win, it tightens the pack up. Because if if Salford win, you would have an Orient, you would have teams on 65, 65, 65, 64, and potentially us on 63. So it would really, really... The, the night that's going to decide it is next Tuesday. Yeah, because that's when all the teams in and around play their final game in hand, and there's a bit of one or two. This, I'm just looking at it. Everyone's we've got the hard game in Cheltenham away. Yeah, Forest Green are home to Barrow, who are 26th. Exeter are home to Grimsby. 
It's had 20 seconds. So you put them in there. That's yeah. league. <laughs> well, there should be in there anyway. But, uh, Exeter have got Grimsby at home, who are 24th. Oh and Newport have got Scunthorpe, who are 20th. Mm. Well, Scunthorpe are the worst team in the division right now in form. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a guaranteed three points. And Salt, Salford are away at Bradford, who have sort of... They've cooked their goose pretty much, haven't they? It yeah. would take a well, medical. Well, I've deliberately only put the teams from 6th down to 11th. Us yeah, being 11th, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Because if the teams below us get the results, then we're not going to have a chance anyway. Yeah, so yeah. But no, I, I, I certainly think that next Tuesday will will be the decider for a lot of teams. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to see it, but it, a defeat could well be, coupled with those fixtures. Yeah. Could yeah, well be the, the nail in the coffin. But yeah, this is Carlisle United and it's never that simple usually. No, so no. I think if we quickly go through each club and we start with we've already done ourselves eleventh. You mentioned Orient there, they've got um South End at the weekend, you'd think they could get three points on that. Uh, but then the next obviously they don't play in the midweek game because they haven't got a game in hand. But then you've got they've got us at home and Salford away. So the problem is just looking at it Newport and Exeter as well as playing each other on the last game one Newport are at South End yeah. and Exeter at home to Barrow and again they, they're almost gimmies aren't they and Salford she's saying Salford's running so Salford obviously Mansfield the weekend and as you mentioned in midweek they've got Bradford but then, then they've got Colchester away I mean, I know they got a result against Southend to pretty much put, get themselves safe, but I mean they've been awful second half of the season. So yeah, yeah. Other than beating us, you know, one, one, once they're safe, they'll switch off, sort of thing, won't they? So yeah. So I mean, that that on the last day, Orient playing Salford is not a bad one for us actually, because if we're still in it, if that could we end up a draw, <laughs> that would really yeah. play into our hands. As you mentioned, there, Exeter. Um, yeah, they've got Newport the weekend's a tough one. Um, then Grimsby midweek, like you said, that's that should be a gimme for them. But then they've got Bolton away, and Bolton might need the three points to secure promotion in that game. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tough one. And then obviously last yeah. day they got Barrow. So yeah. they, they, there's a real mixed bag expert. At it, um, sorry, they're a real mixed bag Exeter, aren't they? So they've got two teams challenging for promotion, and two teams that are right down at the bottom. I just think the teams above us play a couple of the really bad teams. Mm. And that could be the deciding factor. Yeah, I think so. And as you mentioned, also we've got Newport's the next one. They're in seventh. They're in currently the playoff positions. Um, Exeter away at the weekend. But then Scunthorpe home, like I said, that should be a gimme. Cheltenham at home, tough one, because Cheltenham would be going for the title at that point, you'd think. Yeah. That would be- and also, when, when you look at the fixtures, sorry, you look at the results of the teams above us, uh, the 10 teams above us, I think we've played 18 games against the teams above us with two to come. Yeah. And I think we've only won something like three of them. That's something we need to sort next season. against. Which team, suggests we are the best of the rest. Yeah, you'd think so. Because having not done enough against all those teams above us, we probably don't deserve the playoffs. No. Obviously, there's reasons for that. If we didn't have the COVID interlude, the fixture mm. backlog, it could have been a lot different. But overall, we're probably in our true position this season, sadly. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense, doesn't it? And finally, Forest Green's fixtures remain. I mean, I think they're, even though they're in sixth place and they've had a couple of okay results recently, 
I think they're arguably the team that's in most danger of missing out on a playoff spot simply yeah, because possibly, possibly. they've got Crawley at the weekend away and Crawley are just about scrambling to keep in touch. I haven't included them but because they're one point behind us, I think, aren't they? That 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 they game against Tranmere, that game against Tranmere, the second last game could be their big game. Yeah, the massive one that. And Barrow because at home, you, you would imagine expect to them win. to beat Barrow. But Barrow are sort of hit and miss, aren't they? They're on the yeah. day, they, they can do it, and yeah. Oldham away the last day. That that's that's a tough game because that, that Oldham could be anything. Oldham could win that five three or you know lose it six one. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 it's a tough one to judge. I mean, look quickly before we, we move on. I'm looking at the form table here, and of the teams that are challenging for the playoff places, going upwards. Forest Green are 23rd in the form table. Yeah, yeah. They won against Scunthorpe three two, but they drew nil nil with Exeter. And they've got rid of the manager recently as well, haven't they? Exactly. So they're, yeah. they're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, Tranmere. We haven't mentioned them because they're, they're probably just about there now. Because yeah, yeah. One, one, one more win there, pretty much in. Aren't they, they beat Bradford in midweek, and that probably just about pushed them. But they're yeah. 21st in the form table. That's six games. Yeah. Then you go to 18th. You've got Exeter. I mean. <laughs> Like I said, they've only won one of the last six against Cambridge. They've drawn the last two nil nil, so they're struggling for goals at the moment. I mean, Bradford obviously just about there. They're sixteenth. Crawley are fifteenth in the form table. Newport are eleventh. You know, they've they've only won two of the last six. I um, think I think all this also alludes to something we've mentioned, and I know the lads on Radio Cumbria have mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a very inconsistent poor division, to be quite honest. It, it, I think the the whole pandemic stuff has just messed up the normal sort of fracture the way the yeah. season works. Yeah, it's just yeah. thrown teams like us, like ourselves, totally off kilter at times. And yeah, aren't yeah. a tenth in that table. The ones that stand out here, Salford City, they're third in the form table. They've only lost one of the last six, and that was against Bolton one nil. So, if you're going to pick a team that you'd say probably could sneak in there, I'd probably say. Salford, realistically. Yeah, yeah. They've, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the last games. They've been to Forest Green and won. Yeah. You know, they drew away at uh, Tranmere, which is decent. They've yeah. got a solid solid win at Walsall midweek, and it's only really that Bolton game that's tripped them up. So, yeah. I, 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 what are we saying? Are we saying we think Salford will leapfrog Forest Green, possibly? Possibly. I think Newport have got the advantage. Well, I don't know, because Newport is similar to. Very similar to, actually, look at Newport's fixtures. We, we could probably have done a whole episode on this, couldn't we? Newport's fixtures are very similar to Exeter in the sense that they've got two teams challenging for promotion. They're two teams right down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. play each other as well in that thing. So yeah, yeah. those two could easily drop off. And if things go... it's. I mean, you're not going to have both Salford and Orient in there, are you? Because you, they play each other. That's you could thing. basically see, like I've said, you could see a very compacted battle... For between sixth and eleventh place, come come five o'clock Saturday, you could see on the final day. I could easily see four teams still battling for yeah, two places. Yeah, 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 quite comfortably. Whether we're in there will depend on next Tuesday for me. Exactly that. Exactly that. Okay, well, let's quickly touch on the team news then, Dan. Um, so, Rod McDonald, as we mentioned before, is a doubt for the weekend game. Um, he picked up a knock against Bolton. Nick Anderton probably is going to be the one that slots in. Possibly Reese Bennett might make a surprise return, but we'll have to wait and see on that. I think there seems to be hope that Zanzalo will be fit again after his knock against Paul Vale. It was just a precautionary thing with that, yeah, wasn't it? You don't want to... no, no point risking him too much. Exactly, especially with Coyote being back fit as well. Uh, as we mentioned before, Morgan Feeney's closing in on return, but Armstrong and Dickinson are both 
start for the rest of the season. Aren't yeah, they? So, I, I, I'd like to think if the worst happens and it is sort of over after Cheltenham, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see Feeney get a game in the last two games. Yeah, it'd be good good to see how he, how yeah. he runs. And yeah, same yeah. with Chedwin Scott as well. It'd be nice to see him. Yeah. Run out. Yeah. Um, predictions. I haven't got any from Mike, so we're just relying on us two. So go on, Dan. What's your predictions? Uh, I, I, I can see Saturday being a comfortable 9-0 win. <laughs> okay. Club record. <laughs> but it'll be typical Carlisle United. We'll go and smash them, get everybody's hopes up, and then we'll just set ourselves up for a downfall at Cheltenham. Yeah. So, 9-0... Uh, Farman will get his goal, Zanzala hat-trick, You know what? Tanner and Armour, and then Scott will come on and get a five-minute hat-trick. You know what the best thing is? Farman nearly scored in midweek as well from the corner. (laughs) (laughs) If he'd scored, you would have never shut up about it. Well, uh, You'd back him to score a goal then, wouldn't you? No, no, seriously, I I put that prediction on the message board, actually, but it had a gate and on the beach for me, and it should be a solid 2 or 3 nil. I would say. Yeah, and uh, the Shelton game? I would I would be happy with a point at Cheltenham. I really mm. would. It would keep us in the mix. Uh, I'll go for one one. Okay. And hope we can sneak it, sort of thing. Right. Well, I'm going to go. Uh, you didn't pick a goal score, but you never do, do you? No. Um, no. I'm going to go for a good three nil win at the weekend. Good confidence. With I think we're going to go right out to to get a result, just because we know we have to. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we scored early on Saturday. Yeah, have a real good go with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick, Hayden, and ooh, George Tanner to get goals. Um, and then midweek, you know what? 1 0 win. 1 0 win. And I'm going to back Torrey to score the goal. It would be very Carlisle United to sneak a win, wouldn't it? And yeah. have us hanging on for the Orient game. and. <sighs> Just, just yeah. be so frustrating, that would it? But there you go. Uh, all right, Dan. Let's move on to the X Files now. Then you, um, you've co- collated these as usual. Yes, there's a bit of a mixed bag this week. We've got mm. players, managers, and other. Yeah. So uh, goals uh, in no particular order. Uh, Tom Lawrence notched for Derby. Peter mm. Grant for Queens Park. Cole Stockton got a couple for Morecambe. I think he scored over two games, didn't he? he scored a yes. Goal in each, yeah. Uh, Angelo Balanta scored for Dagenham. Sean Miller for Bolton. Uh, in their surprise defeat at Grimsby late on mm. Andy Cook for Bradford and the star player of the week yes. on loan from Stockport to Hartlepool the people's elbow the people's elbow himself Richie Bennett with a hat trick for yeah. Hartlepool down at Wealdstone I think it was 7-2 in the end that game mm. and I, I, I always buy the non-league paper to uh, keep up on non-league matters and I think uh, their manager, the Hartlepool manager, was disgusted in the last 10 minutes because they conceded two minutes <laughs> on. Even though they scored seven away from home, he was like, it's not good enough. But, they're top uh, of the, I'm just looking at the National League. They're top of the league, Hartlepool, now. But yeah, should be sort, of a, sort of three games in hand and a point behind. So. Yeah, and Torquay a point behind and they've got two games in hand yeah. as well. So. Other player news, uh, yeah. Jack Iredale won the League 2 PFA... Fans Player of the Month for March. He's having a great season. Uh, well deserved. He's been excellent. Mm. Uh, young Jared Branfway. It looks like injury may have finished his season at Blackburn. Mm. He's had, he had a knock. He was out. He came back and he's got another knock. Yeah. And then the surprise one, based on what we saw of him this season, Connor Malley came off the bench for Middlesbrough last night away at Rotherham after 23 minutes and got the... Skybet Championship EFL Player of the Match. 
Apparently he was excellent. The he was I watched it and said he was really good. And I've got a couple of Middlesbrough fans and they were raving about him and I, I sent them a message of saying, well, who was the player who came on loan to us? He looked it wasn't him. Maybe it was a good wake-up call from coming to us and made him realise that I actually need to knuckle down if I want to yeah, play first-team yeah. football. And It's one of those ones, I think it's something we remember to discuss when we do like a season review episode. Beach maybe needs to look at how we can get a creative midfielder into that midfield. Yeah, play because because yeah. it, it, it's one thing he seems to really struggle with. He doesn't seem to know yeah, yeah. how to get a player like that into that free. It's tough, yeah, isn't it? But, yeah. there you go. but uh, and manager news. We don't yeah. often have too much manager news. Uh, North for former, the former both North for the border. Former forward and fan favorite Lee Miller was sacked at Falkirk alongside his joint manager David McCracken. Uh, when you look at the league table, it's surprising because they're second, mm. but they've dropped off an av- they've dropped off a cliff like an avalanche. I think they've won one the last, the last six, I think, or something yeah. like that. And mm. I think it's a, and I think with a couple of fixtures left, that they worried they could completely drop out. The problem they've uh, got is, isn't it, that they're, they're playing in an amateur league, and they've got a full time squad. Yeah, yeah. But so I think also type thing. I think also Partick have got a full time squad, so you've got two teams there competing. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough about yeah. And uh, the other one, Davy Irons has mm. agreed to leave Stenhouse Muir. Has he? I think I think he's still took them for the last game or something mm. like that. But... Was it was it Annan that beat them last game or someone else? I'm not sure. Yeah, Annan played them, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Davy Irons is uh, no job. And that's the X Files this week. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Dan. And uh, that's it for this episode. Nothing else to, to share with you. Um Thanks once again for joining me. And in terms of specials, we're going to start recording a few aren't we, for the summer soon, I think, just to make sure we've got a bit of content to put out because we won't be doing too many regular episodes during that period. No, we? we'll, we'll, we'll probably do, once the release list's out, I would do, we'll do a, sort of an end-of-season review and release list. Yeah. We'll do uh, some awards when, episodes as well, actually. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do an awards one. one. Yeah. And obviously when the fixtures come out, we can do a, a shorter episode on that. But we've, yeah. we're, we're trying to sort... A uh, couple more player interviews with some ex-players. Yeah. Uh, we've made sort of our tentative inquiries, and it's potentially looking good. So yeah. we won't say who because we don't like to spoil it. But I think I think you'll enjoy them if we get them. Yeah. Uh, we're doing our best 11s as well, aren't we? Yeah. We've already recorded mine. I need I need to. I'm, I'm getting some little clips to put in it as well as extra little yeah. bits. So yeah. we'll sort that soon. We're also going to start doing some of our planning for next season as well, aren't we, Dan? And looking at maybe revamping how we do episodes and things like that and looking ahead and getting more people involved as well especially yeah, some extra voices and stuff we, we, we've enjoyed uh, we've enjoyed getting opposing fans on yeah we've, we've built up a few sort of friendships and uh, you know this season obviously for the first games we were full of facts and celebrity fans there's only so often we can do that mm. well maybe next season the previews will be more featured in the, the opposition view as opposed to yeah. ours but, uh... Yeah, that's what we're looking at doing. Something else we're looking at as well, potentially, is um, if anyone's interested, we're looking at potentially sponsors for next season because it, it does, believe it or not, cost a little bit of money to run this it, in terms of hosting and stuff like that and uh, the, the recording setup that we use uh, to record each episode. So if you're out there and you, you're interested in maybe getting your, your 
business name as our official sponsor of the podcast and a, drop a, nice, a, message. a, a nice little jingle sung by me lee yeah. and mike <laughs> yeah barbershop quality or, or you, 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 could get a, you could get a proper version done instead yeah we'll, we'll see if we can sort <laughs> something out for that but yeah if anyone's interested in helping us and sponsors we, we genuinely would really appreciate it we might set up one of those little things that you can donate as the equivalent of a, a coffee or a pint or something as well if if you are, are interested we we don't do it to earn the money, do we, Dan? We do it for a good fun because we enjoy talking about the, the blues. But, you know, anything that helps. And any extra we get, we'll try and put into the club in terms of sponsorship and stuff like that, won't we, for next season, I think. Um, so, yeah, obviously, if uh, you've got any comments or feedback, anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, send them in as usual via Twitter to at Brunt and Beagle or by email to Beagle at gmail.com or find us on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. Um, yeah, if you haven't already as well, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including ACAST. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And also on any of those apps, please give us a review as well. It really does help. We've had some really good reviews. Actually, I had a good look through the other day. Um, it's really yeah, nice they're, yeah, they're brilliant. You know, I, I I use Apple Podcasts a lot, and all the reviews on there are excellent. So brilliant. thanks very much, folks. Yep. In terms of the, the world map of listeners, Dan, I had a look this morning. Um, no new countries, unfortunately. You no. heard last week we had Italy added to the list, which is good to see. So I think we've had most of Europe now. Not sure we've had Portugal. I'll have a go and look back we'll, and see. We'll, we'll, we'll have we'll have a, a count up for the end of season. Yes, we will do. We'll go through. And when that when now. when we do the sort of season review and uh, release list, we'll pop that in at the end. Exactly that. Exactly that. Uh, that's it. So yeah, hopefully this time next week when we look into the Orient game, we'll be talking about a, a very exciting running. If not, we'll be sort of <laughs> doing a little bit of a post mortem and maybe what we need to improve on next season that kind of thing. But we'll have to wait and see. Dan, thanks once again for joining me. Always appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, up the blues. Up the blues.